0: They focus on the player approach and have built their reputation on offering clients nothing but the best from cutting-edge technology, enticing promotions, and the latest sports betting odds. And the time to betonline.ag is now. Sports are coming back, everybody. Hockey, it's coming back. Basketball, coming back. Baseball, who cares? Might be coming back. And of course, football is just around the corner. Not only is on. BetOn- Line.ag, the preferred betting service of armchair media and Steelers Outpost podcast. It's a great way to support us as well. So hit it up today, (laughs) betonline.ag.
1: coronavirus holds us in excruciating anticipation of an unimaginable pain, the potential loss of training camp, and the possible infringement on our national right to professional football. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is June 7th, 2020, and this is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in Washington, D.C., and Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Yeah, I, I do not want to focus on this stupid virus and everything else that's huh. possibly going to screw up our season. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about, so I'd, unless you have some pronouncements.
0: You, you know what? I think uh, it, it is wild that uh, even through the lens of this podcast, since it's a week-by-week week week by, week po- uh, week by week episode schedule, it seems like something even more intense or more important is coming out every week. And the virus has even been out of the news in, in favor of a you know, uh, more pressing matter with this, a civil rights movement going on right now. And, and listen, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think that it is important for people to talk about that. I really think that it, it, it like the idea of, of not talking about it because you're scared of backlash or people are too defensive to be able to have an actual conversation. Um, th- that's part of the thing that's hurting us. But all that being said, we're a small podcast and those conversations are going on all over the place, so um, you know, I might be putting some of my thoughts out online, but we're here today just to give you a little reprieve uh, for a little bit, and we do have some Steelers news to talk about. We have some extrapolations to make, some conversations to be had. There's pictures of Mike Tomlin strutting into the building once again. Steelers announced, you know, coaches back in town. Coach's beer belly seems to be getting just slightly more protruded as the seasons go on. I I don't know if... We should encourage him to tighten that up. But either way, he's back in the building, and we got stuff to talk about. He probably made a deal with Ben. <laughs> they channeled each other. He, also, hey, so he took 15 pounds off of Ben. He took one for the team, quite literally.
1: Mark Bully wrote a story for The Athletic. Cam Hayward hopes his time isn't up with the Steelers as contract talks remain quiet. And it's a lot of Cam saying, you know, really wants to stay in Pittsburgh, but he understands the business. And as we all know, the Steelers have have a window for renegotiating contracts or extending contracts. And that has to occur before the season. And we're obviously still in that window. But according to Cam and to another very important cog in the machine, no negotiations are taking place. So I like the way Cam is going about it. He's just he's telling everybody he wants to stay. But. It may not be in the cards. Um, what do you think? I mean, I'll just tell you what I think because I started the story. Please. I think this is just a, a tactic, right, to get people moving. My complaint is nobody's doing nothing at this point. Why can't we finish these contracts? What's the, you know, what's the holdup?
0: Yeah, that's part of the reason why you and I were tossed around the idea of me infiltrating the Texans uh, with some sort of internship, whether I got to wash towels or make Excel spreadsheets, just so we can get a better idea of exactly what are these people doing right now. Although with the Texans, it, wouldn't, it probably wouldn't be that great of an idea because I'd probably just be at the office and I'd see uh, charts and posters of, like, how can we get rid of Deshaun Watson to trade him for Andy Dalton? And how can we sign a, you know the 15th best tackle in the NFL to the largest deal and stuff like that. So I guess it wouldn't be totally applicable to the Steelers, but you're right. It is funny that you would think now would be a good time to get contracts done. But here's my couple opinions on the subject. Number one, I would legitimately be shocked if Cam, Hay- Cam Hayward didn't get extended by the Steelers. I'd put in a thousand dollar bet on that and feel fine with that. And I'm not a big betting man. Um, I think that this is just a result of they don't seem to be talking to anybody right now, right? I would assume it's due to the to the corona thing just slowing down the whole season, off season for that matter. But I, I don't see them talking about you know extending other guys or restructuring Ben or even no, any Dupree talks or anything like that. So I do think that the lack of action is just a result of the odd off season that's going on right now. And I do agree with you. Maybe Cam has even talked about this because it's a way of putting a poker up there, like, hey, let's get this thing done. Uh, Cam Hayward is a top five defensive lineman at worst in the NFL. I mean, you can make an argument for him being the second or third best uh, lineman. He's the leader of the Steelers. He's, he's not going anywhere. But uh, I wonder if that window is opening soon when it is time to actually talk about the details.
1: Well, apropos of your conjecture that it's the coronavirus – Nobody's doing anything. They have nothing but time. All we do is spend time on these Zoom meetings. There's no impediment. They have their coaches' meeting is behind
0: them. Wait. So what's your question? Is that are you are we wondering why aren't they doing that? Because it's not just about Cam. Like I said, nobody is. There's no contract talks going on right now, really, for like any team.
1: Well, the only thing I can think that there is an impediment is maybe they don't know what the the um, salary cap is going to be. I mean, on one hand, it is it written in stone? I think so, in the new contract. But is it also contingent on, you know, actually having a season? You have, you know, I bet you all these, I don't know if these sponsorships are up. Remember those sponsorships have go for another year. So they are contracted for it. So my guess is salary caps set for 2020 because the ad contracts go out to 2021.
0: Yeah, I think that's set for this year. They are 100% having a season. There's no question of are they going to have a season. It is a 100%. It's just I mean, unless there's some cataclysmic event that wipes out half the NFL. But the question that we're asking now is really more are there going to be fans there? But you're right about wondering what the salary cap is for 2021 because now with what's going on with the economy in general, the salary cap's probably going to get lowered. After this coming season. So it is so odd, you know, us talking about how the salary cap is going to explode over the next couple of years with the brand new TV contracts. But now we, we might have a bigger year in 2020, but you have to figure out what your strategy is for 2021. And maybe the capologists in the front office need to figure out how those numbers work with each other, especially with the absolutely minuscule amount of cap space that the Steelers are going to have to work with. My other prediction will be this. They're also probably working around the clock to figure out what their, their actual team schedule is going to look like for the summer and then for the early fall. I saw an article saying that Alabama was already doing workouts. And keep in mind, they get, you know, like 120 guys on the team right in college. And I think that they are getting tested every day. Five guys already tested positive for COVID. So who knows what this process is going to look like. I know that the NBA is actually, I think, doing the idea of, of locking all the guys in the same hotel and, and, and kind of isolating people that way. But I would think that just some of the organizational scheduling duties of the team have, you know, they've kind of ramped up with people trying to figure out how to adjust to what's going on.
1: Here's another. This is interesting. All the player contracts are denominated in dollars, yet the... Split that the, the players get is set at forty eight percent of revenue, right? 485 percent. So what happens if the po- the pot of money that goes to the players is reduced, either because we have you know lower ad revenue, or maybe even you know this the, the strife that's going on right now causes people not to go to games, and you have la- lower gate revenue. Well,
0: they so can't what if do there's that, not right? Enough- it's a percentage of the of the money that comes in, right?
1: Right, so Ben's going to get $4 billion, right? I mean, he's going to get 40-whatever-million he's he's supposed to get. But So what happens if—oh, that's right, that's his dead money. So what happens if the pot of money that goes to the players isn't sufficient to pay all these contracts?
0: That's a good question. Maybe that's what they're figuring out right now. Maybe that's why we're seeing inactivity. But just moving back to uh, Cam Hayward— There's some conversations we're going to have in this episode and some, you know, some furtherations of conversations we've had already about great players on the Steelers who might be walking just based on the amount of money we have available and the people that, are, that the Steelers have ready to replace them. You know, Juju and Hayden and Connor and star players for the team who may or may not be in the team in two years, not even really as a result of poor performance, but just as a result of having too many good players and having to figure out where to make changes. Cam Hayward, to me, is about as sure of a lock as anyone you can possibly have. Him, uh, David DeCastro, TJ Watt. And then probably Minka Fitzpatrick, who doesn't come up for another four years, anyways. But as far as it, it goes, you know Ben's already signed up. You know, ostensibly through the end of his ostensibly, ostensibly uh, on a through the end of his career okay. already. So he, obviously we're not including him on that list. And Marquise is getting towards the end here. Those are other guys you would think of. But Cam Hayward is about as big of a slam dunk as you can possibly think about outside of TJ and DeCastro. So I would assume that this inactivity on his contract discussion is more about, you know, the craziness that's going on behind behind the scenes. And it's not just that Cam Hayward's such a big leader of the team and that he's a top five defensive player in the NFL. Like, he's still at his peak right now. He's not dropping off at all. He's got good years left in him, so it's a real no brainer to keep him on the team. Even a guy like Tui Listen, I mean, he hasn't made it through a full season ever. So as good as he is, even that guy has questions. So we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is Cam Hayward extending with the Steelers.
1: Well, let's talk about a couple of other critical 2021 free agents. And let's go to James Conner. Talk about this guy. If he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck. Look look at his situation. He had a breakout year in 2018. Last year was truncated he'll have no chance to prove himself before this negotiating window's over. You know whether or not he's good this year, if, if they are if if they st- if this if the Rooney's stick with the policy to negotiate contracts for the most part prior to a season, I mean, going right. by his history, not only his performance history but his injury history, he's not going to be
0: yeah. You can't sign him, him right now. Gonna, he's not going he's not going to get the cash in. You can't sign him right now, and I think people get This might sound weird, but people get emotional when it comes to arguments, okay? And you get emotional with James Conner because he's the most likable player in the history of the the world. By the way, I don't know if you could even increase that likability, but somehow he did yesterday with the viral video of the brand new truck he bought for his dad and his dad's hilarious reaction to it and just the, the pure, stunned look on his face and really his entire body seems like it doesn't he doesn't know how to control his body he's so shocked and connor's giddy showing him the new truck it's just it's awesome connor's the man by the way james connor to me is at worst like a top 12 running back i I think that when connor's healthy he's around number you know eight nine or ten in terms of running backs in the league he doesn't have the the phenomenal you know speed and twitchiness that the real top end guys have, like a Le'Veon had. Obviously, a yeah, Christian McCaffrey's a way different type of guy. But you know, you think about Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley and these guys, even Dalvin Cook. Connor doesn't have that twitch, but he has everything else: pass blocking, um, pass catching. If he has, if it's him one on one with the guy in the open field, he's gonna make a miss. He can run for 20-yard gains, 30, 40-yard gains. He can get you into the goal line when you're, you know, on the one-yard line. He can score. He can do everything. Phenomenal running back. The only problem. He has one problem because the twitchiness isn't even a problem to me. This guy's a guaranteed 100 yards. If you get him his 20 carries, it's just the injury thing. And you're right. there's, There's no time to extend him before this year, and it'll be a travesty to see him gone. And plus, I think the Steelers really love Benny Snell. I'm... Definitely not convinced yet. He seems like a guy like James Conner who doesn't have that twitch or burst, but he doesn't have those other elements of the you know that Conner has. I expect Benny Snell to take a big year from year one to year two, like all these Steelers running backs do. But it is a little nerve wracking because I'm not very comfortable with the Steelers have behind them. Although I guess we'll see what's up with McFarland.
1: Well, I want to rewind to something you said and in, in compares, comparing James to other running backs. Compare his 2018 to Saqu- Saquon Barkley's this 2019. It's the same number. He got the same kind of production. So to your point, it's just that he just would have to maintain that.
0: Right. And that's tough. Just with the asterisk there, because the giants are horrific and have the worst offensive line in, in the league. So like, it, obviously, and that's
1: you, why we have you for NFL context. Yeah, we Let can't, me just make my final point. Sure, sure. How much do you pay Connor? You know, his guarantee. I mean, he made about $3 million over the course of his contract, just a pittance. but, Obviously, he had two years where he was kind of dinged up. So maybe that was a good number. I don't know. What do you pay him?
0: I don't think that there is even a conversation anymore about paying running back second contracts. I think it is now fact. They're not worth paying big money. A grand total of zero have worked out. Devontae Freeman, Shady McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman. Um, we'll see what happens with... Christian McCaffrey and these guys, but a running back is like a luxury position. You can get guys in the draft who are going to play at a Pro Bowl level for their first four years. Now, the argument gets misconstrued by saying, like, you can always pick up guys in the fourth and fifth round. And, yes, that's true. I mean, James Conner is like a—that's when they had two third-round picks, right? And they even overdrafted him, technically. But— Yes, you can get starters. You can't get Saquon Barkley in the fourth round. Like, there is a difference between having a, you know, a Le'Veon Bell type who, yeah, he was a second-round guy, but that was just in a weird time when the NFL wasn't taking first-round running backs. He really is more like a first-round talent. There is a difference between those upper echelon talent guys. But the question is really, do you sign them to second contracts? And in my opinion, you only do that if you are in Super Bowl contention already. You are banging on the door. This guy, like... They're gonna make your team much better. It's the the conversations we had about Le'Veon forever. It's like, yeah, you can get a guy with numbers that are similar, but you just can't quantify how it improves the other players around him when defensive coordinators had to take attention off of a B because you have to worry about Le'Veon, right? So, I guess my point here is that, especially a guy like Connor, who isn't in that superstar category of like irreplaceably talented uh, running back. And he's got the injury history, and I don't think another team would give him a, like a huge deal. I mean, who knows? Because I, I do expect him to have a big year with Ben back. But I do wonder and it's dangerous to have these conversations, but I wonder if he would take more towards a 10 million, like be like, I'm not trying to be the highest paid running back. I think that if I stay in Pittsburgh I'm going to make more money than if I go try and cash out for the New York Jets, like we're seeing with Le'Veon Bell, who, if he has another bad year, his career is in a way different place than it was. He's getting cut by the Jets for sure, and nobody's going to pay him big money. Whereas if you stay with the Steelers, James Conner, you stay in this place where you're working in a system where you're going to get your numbers. You're working for this super famous team where you have all the leverage in the world in Pittsburgh, and you're going to be able to make money in other ways, and you're going to be able to remain... Relevant in the national conversation because the team you're on, instead of going and trying to play for Washington and make a couple extra dollars or something, so so I don't know. Obviously, I can't say that. Maybe just going and play for Washington for two years for, you know, however many million dollars. Maybe that's worth it, right? But that's the only way I see Connor sticking around is if he's down to take less money.
1: So if you look at the top five running backs, they are all well north of five million dollars for in a year and I, I get this has a lot to do with the guarantee but then it drops off precipitously so yeah. tevin coleman four and a half million dollars he's the sixth highest paid running back at yeah, least from like a, an annual base too. so the question is do you get connor on a three-year deal for 10 million dollars guaranteed plus enough to bring him up to f- five million you know that puts him at the top of the second tier or even four million. Not and would he accept it? That's the question. I, I, I mean, we're always trying to guess whether guys accept a "quote unquote" club friendly number, and I, I don't think that's problem. That's not good business, unless you no, and like it's maybe not. you're later in your career, yeah, something right. like that, where you don't know where the cl- you might be facing a cliff.
0: I just think that he might have come around at the wrong time. First off, it just depends on how he does this year, because there's teams who get enamored with players and. I don't think James Conner is a guy who's going to go to any team and be a star. I think that he's going to be a really good running back for teams that are really good. He's not so incredibly talented, especially by year you know, five and six by that time. You can't just plug him into any team, and he's so good that he's going to be worth the money. So it might be a market value type of thing, right? And you're right. It's not good business to, to take less money if you can get that guaranteed money. like. I guess like Young got, even though we've gone over those numbers ad nauseum and realized he would have made tens of millions more dollars, most likely, if he had stayed in Pittsburgh. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if that number – like that number, $10 million over three years, seems, seems way too, too small. So I don't know what the number is, but I think we shouldn't be fo- – you and I are just throwing out numbers for examples, right?
1: Well, can we agree? Well, I was actually trying to see what the neighborhood would be. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the other contracts. I have no idea what. I mean, some guys are signing for a year. Some guys are signing for four.
0: Yeah. So Bell's got four, Bell's making fourteen million. Oh. Gurley was making the same thing. Yeah. Totally he got cut. irrelevant. Ezekiel Elliott, fourteen million, around that neighborhood, I believe. There's just no way you're gonna. He's not gonna get offered that by anybody. So where where does the number sit at?
1: And so if he gets 15, if he gets fifteen hundred yards combined. He'll get a contract somewhere else. The, the Steelers won't be. I mean, he, and he will have to jump on it because somebody will be yeah. attracted to that production. If he gets a thousand rushing and receiving, maybe he's there's a chance of keeping but him. How but how much he would
0: more is he going to get from another team versus what he's going to get from the Steelers? Because it's not. Gonna I
1: will throw big. right back in your face what you've always said: some team will pay.
0: I just don't think that Connor's that kind of guy, though. I think somebody's okay. going to play for Brown or Bell or these superstar players, but Connor's more of a workhorse kind of guy.
1: Okay. That's good for us.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it's too easy. Like, we don't have, the Steelers don't have extra money. Like, it's the easiest thing to do is like, yeah, I mean, running back. Because you can. St- still draft another guy in the second. You have Snell, McFarland. They are grooming the next generation, and you can still draft a guy the next year in the third round if you'd like. You don't even have to get a first-round guy. So, yeah, I, if I had to guess, I would say that he'll be gone. Uh, but but I don't know. I do think that there is some sentimentality there from Connor and from the Steelers with him going to Pitt and just you know his story and everything like that. So I wouldn't be shocked if they make a play for him, and I wouldn't be shocked if he took a little less than – Uh, market value but you know just if you're looking at the books it's a long shot right
1: by the way my prediction is he will go way beyond 1500 yards did you see that he grew wings
0: he grew wings he get tatted up have you
1: watched any of those those pictures of him doing the flexing showing the lats
0: he's got some lats
1: he and he and juju have just been
0: they have i don't
1: know they've been in the weight room
0: hey you know a lot of people make fun of the athletes doing those videos. A lot of athletes make fun of other athletes uh, because it's like, we're all working out, right? You're just the ones that are posting it. Um, and okay, they might be right with that, but I gotta be honest, there's something to Juju's presentation this summer. I think that last year was a humbling year. I think for a lot of unfair reasons, to be completely honest with you, I think a lot of soft people, um, they get rubbed the wrong way by Juju, and I think that they thought that You know, since he's not Randy Moss or Antonio Brown, he must suck. I mean, and they do have a point. I mean, you have Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph throwing you the ball. you got plenty of chances to make plays, right? And especially when you miss a bunch of the games from an injury, from a hospital ball into triple coverage. Um, Anyways, I think that maybe that humbling is actually good for Juju, and he seems to be a little bit more head down and focused um, this offseason, but without losing that trademark trademark flair, which is... Also, what makes him so good? Like, you need to embrace your personality uh, in terms of what type of player you are. But you're right. Him and Connor working out together, that's awesome. All the contact that Ben's had with the receivers, you know, he contacts them every year, but it does sort of seem like he's ramped it up the past couple of years after some of the accusations of him not being as close to the receivers as uh, he should be or whatever, even though we know that a lot of that was sort of fabricated. But I agree. There is something to Juju and Connor working out together. Getting after it. You know that they're talking about the fact that they're both these Steelers star players who are approaching the end of their contracts here and they really want to get a new contract. And, you know, whether that's with the Steelers or not, it would suck to lose two guys like that, but we'll see.
1: Well, can we talk about Cam's market value? Large. So, his current, he is a current six year, $60 million contract. We obviously, that's he will collect all of that during this. Let's compare that to Aaron Donald. Do you remember what his contract was for? It, I have it is here. Is it
0: twenty?
1: Uh, so Cam was six for sixty million. Aaron Donald is six for one hundred thirty-five million with eighty-six million dollars guaranteed. Right. I, I
0: meant twenty. So if year. that
1: if if that sets the benchmark for you, uh, what do you think? I mean, if you, the, the market value for him is what now? So he's at he's a ten. He's at ten million a year, and I Who, and Cam? I think.
0: And then, Cam and is then at $10 million. Donald's making 16?
1: 22.
0: <laughs> and he's worth every, every penny.
1: Yeah. Man. So is Cam wow. at 16, 17?
0: For sure, without a doubt. I mean, I think it's consensus that Cam Hayward's a top five defensive lineman. I think the group is really. Aaron Donald is the king. Aaron Donald has a chance to be the best defensive player we've ever seen, or at least one of them, you know, with LT and those guys. But after that, it's going to be Chris Jones with the Chiefs, Cam Hayward. Fletcher Cox with the Eagles. I'm probably forgetting a guy or two, but those are really the, the preeminent uh, players at interior defensive lineman. So you would think his contract should shoot up pretty big that way. And I just wonder how many years it'll be for.
1: Yeah, at 31 years old, how far is he going to go? Because of the top guys, he is uh, he is the oldest by far. So we also have. Sorry. Geno Atkins, these guys are all at sixteen, seventeen, And you wonder if they're going to have to take Cam higher than that. Although I guess, once again, it's all about the guarantee, not necessarily the annual base.
0: Well, either way, he's getting paid and uh, he is another one that's worth every penny.
1: So here's the problem. I sent you a list of uh, all the free agents for 2021 uh-huh. and highlighted the ones that actually matter to us. I mean, this is this is a traffic jam coming yeah. up next year and maybe this maybe this is the case every year and i just haven't focused on it like i am right now but ben is hogging a lot of lane space right now yeah that's how
0: it goes. so
1: obviously we know bud's coming up and they're going to either have to let him go as on the franchise tag this year and i guess it's june 16th or july 16th mm-hmm. i'll look that up that they have to nail a contract down or he's floating out there at 16 million and then probably gone next year Right. Do you keep him? Do you keep Alejandro Villanueva? How important is it to retain him? He's a pretty high number. He's eight million a year. Um, and then it gets really interesting. Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton both are up. What do you do there? And we already talked about Connor. I guess the the big un, we haven't really talked about Juju. Yeah, and what he goes for this year. I mean, I just think there's this, we will have to get rid of a name player to make room
0: if if not multiple. And we've spent a lot of episodes talking about Juju recently, so we don't have to go back into it, but for any new listeners. Yeah. I think that he's a number one wide receiver. He's not like a top 10 receiver in the NFL in terms of the talent, but he's right near that, you know, 10 to 16 or something like that. And totally, you know, all the, you know, all the receiver that Heinz Ward was, and we saw how the Steelers did with him, you know, a guy who can really rely on to make big plays who's a leader, he's got great hands, can make one-on-one catches on the sideline, gets catch and runs, blocks, breaks tackles, great receiver. So I just want people to understand what you know Juju offers in that sense because I think him literally inheriting Antonio Brown's spot has clouded people who don't realize that Antonio Brown, I'm sorry, man. Like I know that everybody wants to say de facto Jerry Rice is the best receiver ever, and they say, why? Because of his, his numbers, right? I'm like, okay, well, well, numbers all have context, right? So 20 years in the NFL with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and, and then the, the third one he gets is the NFL MVP and Rich Gannon. Your numbers are going to be high if you're an awesome receiver. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, he sucks, and anybody could have done that, but it just lets you know why the numbers are so far ahead of Randy Moss or Terrell Owens or Larry Fitzgerald, who, by the way, has played with semi-professional quarterbacks his whole career. And still racked up these kind of numbers. All I'm trying to say is that Antonio Brown, for the stretch in Pittsburgh, might as well have been the best receiver anybody's ever seen. He's unstoppable. If you want to say him, or Jerry, or Randy, sure. But let's just put it into context where context where Juju ranks in terms of NFL reliable number one receivers. The only thing with him is him and Connor and everybody experienced Uh, a lost year where we were unable to really judge their level of play because of the Steelers inability to handle the backup quarterback situation, which tanked the offense as a whole. In addition to having a very subpar offensive coordinator who while Feetner didn't have a lot of players to work with, he's working with, you know, undrafted free agents, like even Deion Cain, like started a game, but he also didn't put them in position to succeed. Like when you watch Nick Mullins go play a game for Kyle Shanahan and throw for 300 yards in his first start, like it tells you what a good offensive coordinator can do for you, right? So back to the point here. Juju and Connor sort of have prove-it years. you got to think like one of them will be gone, if not maybe both of them. But the thing with Juju is the pipeline behind him might be so full that you don't need him. Because if Deontay Johnson turns into the Pro Bowl receiver that a lot of us are crossing our fingers for or you know there's a lot of evidence citing that he could be that guy if James Con- or if James Washington who looked like a star uh, when they gave him the chance to get the ball or at least a very good role receiver you know if he progresses and if Claypool second round draft pick this year they progress it, it might not matter how good Juju is you might move on from him that way but um, yeah I could talk about that forever just because it's such an interesting situation you know if it's the Patriots, they get rid of them, right?
1: Yeah. Well, again, you've, you've, it's just a math formula. You have to get rid of somebody. And I'm looking at Joe Hayden after next year.
0: Yeah. He, here's what's,
1: <laughs> and here's, you know, my logic being I wouldn't say we're stacked at cor- cornerback, proven cornerback, but you could, so Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton yeah. are both up next year. I guess you could keep both of them. I mean, Joe yeah. Hayden's a $9 million hit on the hit on the um, salary cap. Yeah. Let's see. So Hilton's three and change, and Sutton is like a dollar.
0: <laughs> and let's say this. Let me just interject real quick. Sorry. Sutton could be a gem that, like, a Steelers fan knows that this guy could be a, a very quality starting corner. But the rest of the NFL doesn't know that yet right so you could even get him at a decent deal
1: it kills me to get rid of joe but
0: oh my gosh man you've got it
1: you're gonna have to cut someone where there's a little bit of death i'm not even you know as far as al villanueva I, i'm so worried about losing anything on the offensive line before filer gets a second year on his belt and we figure out who's playing right tackle uh, but yeah him at eight million dollars I, I think you let him play out this year and let him go to free agency so, and then maybe at that point he doesn't get picked up at 32 years old.
0: He'll get picked up. I think that he's staying. I think that the Steelers know they need to keep the offensive line intact. Obviously letting go of Ramon going into retirement and stuff, that's you know a factor. I think they're going to try and keep, you know, that Steelers offensive line it, intact as much as they can unless you know Filer and Chooks, or excuse me, um, Banner and Chooks turn out to be stars. And they're like, wow, now we have multiple tackles. But I would expect him to say, I agree with the Joe Hayden thing. Again, the other, one of the other most likable guys. Sucks that we got to talk about all these guys. I guess we're biased. It's Steelers players. But I think everyone agrees Joe Hayden, real likable dude. Had a phenomenal year. I think he tied his career high for interceptions last year. Or, or the second most ever since his rookie year. Um, and played phenomenal. Had such a great year for the Steelers. Now, I'll say this, but you can tell that he's not the Joe Hayden athletically that he was earlier in his career. And at cornerback, that that's tough because any year it could fall off. I'm not predicting he's going to fall off this year. I expect him to have another good year. But it is reasonable to assume within the next two years, like Sutton or someone could be a better choice. And with Hilton, you know, those guys are young. Uh, Steven Nelson definitely seems like he could be stepping into a number one corner sort of role soon. So just like Juju, it's like, hey, the pipeline behind him is the, is is there and ready. Whereas with Villanueva, Hayward, there's just too many question marks. Um, and then even with Connor, it's a running back. The pipeline isn't quite full, but it's a running back. You you can get those guys in one offseason, season, find your starter. You know.
1: So don't forget, you've got Justin Lane back there, who has we haven't seen a lot from, but he's he's 22 years old. I mean, he's got two more years on his contract. So I just feel like there's more enough depth at cornerback. Uh, you mentioned Zach Banner. You know, he's also a free agent coming up. Yeah, they so gave it's him not a, a one-year deal for this
0: year. They gave this yeah. him and item. Hilt- him, Hilton, and Filer all got those little one-year extensions this offseason.
1: Yep. Prove it. Like I said, yeah. Tra- <laughs> traffic jam. So everybody yeah. else on the uh, on the list is pretty much expendable.
0: <laughs> not Dangerfield because every time we think he's gone, he comes back. <laughs> so I'll just pencil him in for his $8,800. 800- thousand per year and he'll be back again maybe he'll maybe he'll work his way up to that one million dollar floor
1: so time will tell anyway the coaching staff is back at work so we look forward to some kind of story this week hopefully something will happen i have heard no information about when players can actually get together
0: yeah i not, not exactly quite sure uh if, if, if the NFL is even quite sure, if somebody else out there has that information and I somehow missed it, let me know. But I don't know if um, we know exactly what everything is going to look like at this point, but I bet you all systems are going to be go fairly soon here. Even if they shouldn't be, I think they will be.
1: All right, if you have an opinion about who you'd let go or what might happen in the next year with some of these veteran players, please let us know. This is the website at SteelersOutpost.com. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
0: Okay, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry